Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue the celebration of the exaltation of the precious and life-giving cross, which is why we still have it here in the middle of the church before us for veneration. And this morning we've heard from the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthians as he comes to the end of his letter. And he tells them and encourages them, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. As we stand before the cross, as we glory and look upon the fruit that has come from the cross, that it stands at the very center of our faith, I want us to reflect upon Paul's admonition, his encouragement to the Corinthians, especially as we stand under the shadow of the cross. So first, watch. To watch, to be vigilant. The word in Greek is where we get the name Gregory, which has to do with eyesight. It means that you are paying attention, that you are surveying the horizon, that you are aware of what's going on around you. This is actually the same word that Jesus uses when he tells his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane to wait for him and pray. So this is from the Gospel of Matthew. He returned to his disciples after he had already brought them to the garden. He'd gone off to pray. He comes to his disciples and he finds his disciples dozing off, sleeping. And he says, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? And then he turns to Peter and he says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So then Jesus goes off another time and he prays. Then he comes back. And can you imagine what has happened to the disciples? Thank you, Joseph. They are asleep. They're sleeping, as the gospel tells us, because their eyes were heavy. I'm sure we have all fought off sleep where it's our bodies are just telling us uh, time's up. You've done ran over the limit. Uh, We're shutting down even if you don't want to. When we think about the spiritual struggle of watching, of vigilance, especially as we stand under the shadow of the cross, we know that we are struggling constantly to pay attention, to be aware, to be able to understand what is coming, what stands before us, what's an enemy, what's a friend. And this is intimately tied up with the struggle with the flesh. As our Lord says to Peter, you know, your spirit is willing, but your flesh, it's weak. To be vigilant about many things, but especially what our temptations are, 
what our passions are, the things that we have been overwhelmed with, maybe that we as the fathers will teach have become habits for us, these all blur our vision. They make us fall asleep. They dull the senses. They make our struggle to pay attention incredibly hard because we don't know how to even pay attention or to look or to see because our minds, our hearts are captured and so we can't really discern what is on the horizon. We can't really discern what an enemy is or what a friend is. And so when Paul encourages these Corinthians to watch, he is encouraging them to vigilance, to the protection of one's heart, to struggling with the passions, to purifying the mind and the heart so that you can be able to tell when the enemy is coming from far off. Vigilance is not only against our spiritual struggles that we have with our flesh, our carnal mind, or our desires that are set against God and the kingdom. We also need a vigilance against ideas and thoughts that are counter to the gospel. As Paul says also in the Corinthians that we need to take every thought captive to Christ. But where are we to be vigilant from? And how can we train our vigilance in this way? This is where we come to the next encouragement of Paul. Stand fast in the faith. So we're shifting away from, we have one vigilance or one exhortation from Paul to watch and to be aware and to guard our hearts against the passions and the sins and the things that tempt us. We also need to struggle to take every thought captive to the gospel. That our vigilance is a vigilance that stands before the cross, underneath the cross, and for the cross. That we are to stand fast in the faith. St. Innocent of Moscow and of America, as he served here in Alaska, in his work, The Indication Towards the Kingdom of Heaven, as he is exhorting those faithful in Alaska, because it was originally written in Aleut, he encourages them, if you want to know Jesus Christ, if you want to follow him, if you want to cling to his commandments, to obey him, to mirror his life, you have to know scripture. You have to learn the Orthodox faith. Because what else are you being vigilant of? We're not called to be vigilant from Paul about politics or about any other things that might have importance and weight. For Paul and for the fathers of the church, we are called to be vigilant over the teachings and practices of the church. But it's always the question of our vigilance. Do we know what we're supposed to be vigilant of? So St. Innocent, in his encouragement, says, 
read the scriptures, come to understand the scriptures, I would add, you need to swim in the scriptures. You need to baste, bathe, wash, constantly have the scriptures as Deuteronomy and talking in our homes that the words of scripture are coming from our mouths so that our children, that our family know what it is that we believe, why we are different, why we think differently, why we act differently, why we go to church so much, and all of the other things that come with six-year-olds and their questions. You need to be vigilant and stand fast in the faith because there are boundaries that you need to keep. It's like we are a phalanx as a church around the cross to guard the deposit of the faith, to know where the line in the sand when something has gone across it, to be able to defend, to be able to speak truth. Because we live in a time in which words mean very little. The degradation of speech, what words don't mean, what words mean anymore, where the definition of things changes constantly. This chaos, this sometimes willful chaos, is to degrade meaning, to create confusion, to create vacuums of power so that others can then assert meaning and change literally everything. When we are standing fast for the cross, we need to be vigilant about the teachings of the church. Anything which does not have the cross at the center of it and the teaching of the church and the teaching that radiates the glory of the cross is counterfeit. It is not true. Paul goes on to say, be brave, be strong. If you grew up hearing the King James, you're not used to it saying, be brave. You would have been used to hearing it say, quit ye like men. Because be brave means be manly. That is the Greek. Be manly. Now, he is not encouraging women to act like, dress like uh, men. That is not what Paul is talking about. That is not the chaos of speech that Paul uh, is encouraging or taking part of. This is not machoism. This is not, I'll call it, man cave glory, right? This is not what he means by act like men or quit you like men. For Greeks... Courage, bravery, meant especially a man in battle. That he was ready to die for his people, for what they stood for, what they believed. That they were to act like men. Bravery and glory in battle. Scripture in the Old Testament, we see this idea, but it's shaped a little bit differently. So I think this gives us a little bit better of an insight into what Paul is talking about. 
When Moses dies and you have Joshua coming to follow him in leadership, this is the very beginning of the book of Joshua, you have the encouragement to Joshua, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and be courageous. The be strong and courageous means be manly in the Greek. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn it from the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This same theme we see when David is handing the kingdom over to Solomon. This is in the beginning of 1 Kings, the second chapter. When David's time to die drew near, he charged Solomon his son, saying, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and be a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways, keeping his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, his testimonies, as is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. To be brave, to be manly, it flows from that vigilance, that standing fast in the faith. And now it requires courage, bravery, standing together, that image of the phalanx that I talked about earlier, that we stand together to, before the foe. And that, that standing together is not a random kind of uh, things that we all just kind of agree on, that they're kind of opinions, like we like this kind of music, or these are our kind of politics, or this is our kind of you know, t- pastimes, etc. It is bravery as Joshua and Solomon are encouraged. It is in the walking in the ways, keeping the statutes of God, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies. Not going to the right, not going to the left, but doing what the law of God and what the truth holds. Being brave to speak clearly about those things, to know the faith, to be able to speak when you need to speak, to defend those things that you need to defend. Now, I've been using a lot of martial imagery, phalanx, defend, uh, a kind of like, almost like a castle in which you need to learn the routes through the weak points, uh, the strong points, etc., But what we need to hear above all in keeping that vigilance, that standing fast in the faith, the bravery and the strength that we need to express is that Paul tells us to let everything be done with love. Vigilance, standing fast, bravery, courage and strength mean nothing without love. This is especially in that figure of the phalanx of us bound together because you need the shield overlapped with shield. And this is exactly what the rest of what Paul has to tell the Corinthians. The love that flows from the household of God flows from every household that makes up the house of God. 
He goes through, as he does at the end of many epistles, and he talks about all the people that are making the church in Corinth and elsewhere, their support for them, work. You have the household of Stephanus, where they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. You have the exhortation of Paul, then, that everyone who works and labors with us to submit to them, to help them, to encourage them. He also then turns around to another group of people and he says, they have refreshed my spirit and yours. For in the phalanx together, this is not just an outward defense. It is a mutual encouragement. It is love and sacrifice. It is an upbuilding and devotion to all of those in the household of God. The ministry of the saints. And it also, Paul says, acknowledge them. When you see and are encouraged by someone else, when you see effort, sacrifice, service to this church, to the world, acknowledge that person. It is the strength of each household coming together. Each member of the body coming to each other with love that encourages and allows the vigilance the standing fast in the faith the encouragement to be brave to be manly to be strong because we stand before the cross we bow before the cross we defend the cross and we love like the cross in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy 